Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what is up? James Go here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Uh, great show today. One, because we're going to have great content. We're going to be talking about deep sleepers. Uh, it's I, it's my personal uh, favorite topic in fantasy, I, I know, for a lot of you as well. But we welcome back the franchise. Yay! Matt Yay. Francisco. Hey, man, what's up, dude? What's up? What's up? How's it going? Glad to be back. Your sabbatical has ended. It has ended. Give uh, us one good story from the sabbatical. Oh, one good story. I don't know. That's tough, but let me, uh, let me, let me just start by saying, listen, okay. listen. It's my third year in the system. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm in the right. best shape of my life. <laughs> I'm ready to take my game to the next level. And, you know, all the coaches say the sky's the limit. So Very good. I'm Man. back and I'm ready to go. Very wow. good. It's a show full all of tropes, tropes already. Just, I like it. Just tossing them out. Um, I want you to think about the best story you had uh, over the sabbatical. And uh, drop it in on Daily Dap. I will. I will. Very good. All right. Um, we're going to be talking about Deep Sleepers. And something called NFC Red Zone Analysis. Yes. We will be getting to that uh, when the show progresses. But uh, remember, you can sign up today, NFL.com slash fantasy. Uh, sign up, renew your leagues, renew your teams, do all that kind of good stuff. You can do mock drafts on there right now. And uh, if you're looking, if you're fiending for some draft content, NFL.com slash draft kit. We got all the good stuff on there. Sleepers, deep sleepers, busts. Uh, what else we got on there? Bargains, Breakouts. Bargains. Breakouts. Right. Yep. So all kinds of good stuff on there. Um, just a cr- I mean, it's insane. A crazy amount of content. For the, uh, for the people who play IDP, God bless you. 
Marcus Grant and Alex Geller actually broke it down. Um, I'm shocked and appalled, and kudos to you guys. I couldn't do it. It, I couldn't uh, get myself to do that. It, that would be tough. It takes it takes a, a you know a mountain or whatever known as Marcus and I to just soldier through all those IDPs in the off season. Hey, look, I I, re- I realize that the IDP community isn't large, but uh, those of you out there, you are you are fanatical and you are loyal. So you know, hey, props to that. Props to you guys. NFL.com/slash/draftkit. Be sure to check it out. All right, let's get to our top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we'll start in Baltimore. Brashard Perriman's never going to play football again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I kid. I kid. Look, Brashard Perriman, um, there was a report of a partially torn ACL. Uh, remember, he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL Yet, uh, he reportedly was supposed to go under the knife, but I don't have it in front of me. But Marcus, uh, I think Ian Rappaport tweeted out something um, late breaking here. Uh, yeah, that uh, he is not going to need, or that he won't be done for the year. Um, let's see, let me get the tweet actually itself. Good news for the Ravens and wide receiver Brashad Perriman. His knee was deemed stable enough, got a stem cell injection, expected to be okay for 26. So didn't. Need surgery. Oh, I think there was like minors. There's this. They just like there cut him open to little, see what it was. A little arthroscopic surgery, yeah. I okay. believe. Yeah. Okay. But that was that's why he went with Dr. James Andrews because it was determining whether or not he would just need the stem cell shot or full reconstruction, which would have taken him out for this year. So. Oh, he went to James Andrews. Huh? Everybody does. Oh. Is there anybody with a better job in the country right now than Dr. James Andrews? But you only go to James Andrews if you've heard some bad stuff. You need it triple confirmed. Yeah. And he usually confirms that it is bad. Um, so not looking great for Brashard Perriman. I, I, I don't think anybody's drafting Brashard Perriman. That's fine. Um, but it's kind of in conjunction with the second piece of news out of Baltimore that Steve Smith Sr., Triple S, uh, says he doesn't know when he's coming back. It was kind of an ominous uh, interview that I think ESPN had first. I agree. Um, because, I mean, it's, it's true, though, too. He tore his Achilles midseason. How and old is he? 37? 37? 37 now. 37 years old. He tore his Achilles midseason. It's an injury that takes, gosh, I mean, on the short end, it probably takes about nine months. Yeah. On the short end. Um, at, at Given 37 years old, I think it'd be fair to assume it'd probably take a full year. Yeah, on and the Achilles. He he was just being realistic. Like he has, you know, he hasn't done anything yet. He was running. He's not sure. He maybe he'll get out there in training camp. Maybe later. But right. this is an injury too that isn't like it's not like ACLs these days where it's just like lickety split. Oh wow, it's it's healed. It it's an injury that does sap you of a little bit of explosiveness and stuff. So it's, it's we'll have to keep an eye on when he comes back. But man, with with this news, I think uh, to spin it ahead, the the right. most attractive uh, pass catching option from the Ravens now has become franchise's boy. Kamar it's your Aiken. boy. Uh oh. It's your boy, franchise. Miracle. What's up, man? <laughs> what should we get excited about for Kamar Aiken? Uh, ninety receptions and eight hundred yards and eight touchdowns. That's your projection. That's my projection. If he gets Kamar ninety Aiken. catches, bro. He had 75 last year. No, no, I'm saying if he gets 90 catches, he's yeah. he's going to crush the yard, your yardage projection. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. He will crush. I mean, yeah. if he gets 90 receptions, I mean, I think 1,100 yards. Uh, I mean, uh, the the pace he was on from week 10 to 17 last year, if he – if it obviously, I don't like doing this because it's not an exact science, but just to right. look, if he gets that type of volume and produces at a similar level, yeah. he was on pace for like 100 catches – 
like a thousand ish yards and like eight touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I think if again, uh if he gets to that ninety number on, on an entire year, I think I think he'd be pushing eleven hundred. He sure. I mean and to not jump ahead, he was one guy before all these injuries and Steve Smith I mean, when he was coming back was a guy I had pegged as a deep sleeper because he played pretty well down the stretch and the volume could be there. Mike Wallace, if especially if Smith and Perriman aren't one hundred percent I guess would be the number one and like the deep Smith, deep threat like uh, Tory Smith role that used to happen. Yikes. But Kamar Aiken might command a lot more targets right. as the possession guy. Let's just get down to brass tacks. All right, let's do it. Could Kamar Aiken potentially be a candidate for the March to eleven hundred? Whoa! Oh, no. <laughs> Could he be a? Ca- I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not is asking you. To, I'm not asking you to pick him. But I mean, like, I know there's there's got to be a short list forming. I mean, it could is. he be on the short list? He's he, well. Oh, you know, that would funny. be the boldest of your March to eleven hundred. <laughs> no, no, he's on. He's on the short list. I actually like him. I actually like the talent level. Um, I I don't I don't mind him at all. Um, just I I think the offense scares me a little bit. Um, I really like their their running game and, and they got a couple good tight ends uh, as Alex Gelhart knows as well. I don't know, man. It, you know, he I'm not ex- as excited about Kamar as I, as I am about Marvin Jones, uh, which is probably well, I mean, a I, I watched you know, uh, he he's from Cal and uh, <laughs> been following his career since college, so it's more fun to root for that guy and also they're going to be throwing the ball I think a hell of a lot more in, in D-Town. So I, I I gosh, man, I almost want to say concrete M. Jones is my guy uh, for the Marshall. So we're, clo- we're closing well, in, huh? You know, we're closing in. Real really quick close. on the Baltimore offense before we jump away, too. As you mentioned, you have some concerns. Let's also not forget that it was Flacco that tore his ACL, too, in week 11. Yeah. yeah. yeah so man. we gotta we have to watch his comeback as well and, and how he looks and how confident he is on that knee. I forget which knee it was, but whether it's his. Who's the backup quarterback there? Uh, Ryan Mallett, I think. Maybe yeah. Matt Schaub still. Is Matt Jimmy, Schaub still on there? I don't know. I don't know who's still there. Let me. Uh, Jimmy let's find Clawson out. Let's do a quick, a, a quick look. Uh, Jimmy Clausen did. Josh destroyed. Josh Johnson. Ryan Mallett. Yeah, so it's Mallett still. And I told you, Josh Johnson somewhere. Josh Johnson is somewhere. That dude is just everywhere. He's on every team. <laughs> hey, he was. You know, I mean, I think he's the third string quarterback for seven teams concurrently. Well, here's the thing. I mean. <laughs> Look, he's he's the first Jim Harbaugh quarterback, right? I mean, he was a he was a, use, a University of San Diego guy when Harbaugh was there. So good he's point. Kind of the you know he's, I don't know maybe Very that Harbaugh point. coaching is keeping him in the league. There's a great piece on him uh, traveling around and, and trying to find a uh, um, you know carving out a, a career for himself. But uh, but it's great. It's a good read. You should try to find it. Uh, good stuff. But Joe Flacco obviously not draftable. Brashard Perriman not draftable. Steve Smith Senior. I will ask you this: Is he draftable? I late. Maybe late. I'm not going to be pulling the trigger on him. I know some people are. I was just in an industry actual draft already um, last week, and somebody took Steve Smith in one of the later rounds. It was a PPR format. Okay. There were 12 guys in it, but... 12-team, PPR, 12 where's team. he go? Twelve? Did he go he was, to round 12 like, later? Yeah, it was like round 12 or later, I think. Okay. All right, there you go. How about Crocker Gilmore? Uh, Max Williams? No, it's, ben, it's Benjamin Watson there now, I think. It, yeah. that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough position group to figure out, too, because Watson sure played is. really well last year. Gilmore showed some flashes. Williams is in his second year now, so it's not the rookie tight end thing. Just big old shrug emoji in the, the Ravens <laughs> tight end. Also got, like, I was saying before we started recording, they got yeah. Darren Waller, who's a former wide receiver. He's making the move to tight end this year. James is knows he Darren really? Waller. I do. North of the Waller. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, really? Is he go- He's moving to tight end? 
Yeah, that's what I read yesterday doing some research. He's an athletic freak. Backup guys. He's an athletic freak. Huge, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's in, That's interesting. Uh, I got to do a little bit more research into that. I like Darren Waller. All right, there you go. Uh, how about in Kansas City? Jamal Charles says he could return this week. Um, what does it mean for his draft stats? I, I think we're kind of seeing him go late second, early third already. Um, does it boost his draft stock at all? Franchise? I think so. I personally, I like Charles as like an end of the first round, like maybe in a 12-team league, like a late first rounder. I know. So like anywhere between 12 and 15? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's he's like he's one of the only guys in that top tier of running backs where we know what his role is. Okay. We know he can produce at an elite level. He's had four top 10 finishes in fantasy since 2009. He's got two ACL tears in five yeah, years. Yeah, and he's bro. getting older, but we know his role, we know what his ceiling is. I, see, I would, I would disagree. I, do we know what his role is? Some of these guys, absolutely. Like, some of these well, guys, like. I mean, do we though? We, we do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because like, look at it. in his first two years with uh, Andy Reid, he amassed twenty three hundred rushing yards, twenty one rushing touchdowns, almost a thousand receiving yards, and ten rushing t- uh, ten receiving touchdowns. Listen, I love Jamal Charles. Me too. But going into this year, I don't know if we go into this year looking at previous years and saying, well, hey, look, the workload's going to be there. It's kind of like the whole Le'Veon Bell thing, right? Like, it'd be crazy to assume that they're just going to say, hey, Lev, just here, just shoulder this load. We know you have had serious injuries back-to-back years, but it's all good. Hey, we're just going to give you this crazy load again. But I don't know if Jamal Charles gets that that, that same workload again. Well, his, his career average rush attempt per game is 13.2. So with That's that low. with that average – Rush attempts per game. He's been able to get it done at an elite level for years. With with those and like the four or five receptions a game or whatever, he'll end up yeah, scooping up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Off twenty touches, this this dude's just elite. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. What, that's he's what I'm saying. Yes. He does very, very good. He doesn't yes. need that huge workload that is amazing. to get it done. So I I like Charles maybe more than you guys do, but Oh, I know that, you do. That's for sure. <laughs> Where I got him I got the I got him the lowest ranked of uh, of the six analysts who have put rankings uh, up on NFL.com. Probably. Um I've got him somewhere I think I've got him 20. I think I've got him 20 overall, uh, which will push him into the third round in, in standard formats, but that's okay. Yeah, when it comes down to drafting him, it's whether or not you believe he's going to achieve that, that upside that we know we've seen and right. get all his touches again, like Franchise is saying, or you wait a little bit and you know cover your back and in, in, in assuming that maybe because they signed both Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware to right. small, very modest right. contract extensions, but they mix those guys in to keep Charles a little more fresh. That's what I would think. Uh, how about in Detroit? The Lions OC says he wants Theo Riddick more involved in the run game. Uh, if this doesn't scream out running back by committee, I don't know what does. Oh, it, it's totally going to be a committee. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think both of these guys can be fairly productive. Uh, I like Riddick a lot, especially in PPR situations this year. 100%. I mean, I think one of the things that you look back on when uh, the old JBC took over as the offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, yep. um, they, they threw the ball a lot, and they were very efficient. They also threw a lot of shorter passes with Matt Stafford. Right. So I, I would expect um, you're going to see a lot more of that this year. I think you're going to see a lot of you know a lot of intermediate throws to guys like Golden Tate, Eric Ebron, but I think you see a lot of underneath throws, and I think Theo Riddick steps in there. Now, him being involved in the run game, I, I don't know that I'm drafting him on my fantasy roster expecting a lot of rushing production. Okay. If he gets some, that's great. <laughs> But I think he's still going to be more of a pass catching back yeah. in that offense. He's not a su- he's not the greatest just between the tackles runner. He he worked best in space where he could beat linebackers. But Absolutely. the trouble was what they identified, and in the article that I think Kevin Patrick wrote for uh, NFL at uh, around the NFL 
is that anytime Theoretic came on the field, it just screamed pass, pass. Yeah. That's so true. The defense knew what was going on. Dead giveaway. So uh, with the, this could this could be a good thing for the backfield if it disguises it more and helps put both Theoretic and Amir Abdullah into more favorable matchups. Right. Whether or not that holds true and Theoretic can actually put it together as a between the tackles runner or however they use him remains to be seen. This is what I think. I think Amir Abdullah and his labrum surgery is taking a little bit longer um, than probably either party expected. Uh, having gone through a labrum myself, I'll, I'll tell you, look, I know I'm not getting into the training uh, training room five days a week. I know that, right? But I'm just saying the timetable for it uh, is anywhere between six to 12 months. It, it's a tricky, tricky uh, surgery. I, I think maybe that maybe the, the labrum is, is taking a lot longer uh, and maybe having more of an impact on a guy that had ball security issues last year anyways. Yeah. Um, mixing in Theo Riddick into actual runs does make a heck of a lot of sense. He's, but as you mentioned, man, he he's he's really good in short space uh, pass routes. Man, he is really good. We saw some uh, we saw some advanced tape on him last year. I mean, just torturing linebackers. You wanted to see somebody put linebackers on skates. Just like, torturing them out there. It looked like you know that scene in a in a, like a cartoon or a children's movie where somebody like rolls a bunch of marbles out and the bad guys like <laughs> slip and slide on them. <laughs> that was theoretic when he would be matched up one on one with a linebacker. I like him a lot this year. How many receptions did he have? He had a I think crazy he had crazy amount. Eighty, 80 or eighty one last 80. year. Yeah. Ninety nine targets. That is. <laughs> Oh my god! But it, that's craziness. Yeah, it was. But his career uh, rushing yards per carry is two point nine. That, that's also crazy. That's that's, yep, that's that's where he needs to improve. Uh, and we can't forget good. about Zach Zenner, who's just kind of lurking around there. He is. What's he coming back from? He had cracked ribs and a partially punctured lung last year. That put oh, him on that's IR. no bueno. No bueno. Uh, but you know, it's not a lower body injury. No. So that's good. And he's a he's a physical beast, and he yeah. could be their new short yardage and goal linebacker. I'm going to be really interested to watch this backfield a little bit during the preseason and stuff and oh see kind of how they divvy up touches. All right, so how Amir looks coming back from the shoulder injury. <laughs> You're saying Theoretic's going to be in the passing down work. You're saying Zach Sanders going to be in Could. for goal line looks. Could. The vulture. <laughs> um, why am I drafting Amir Abdullah again? Because he's good. Oh, man. That, uh, that does not look like a great situation for Amir Abdullah from a fantasy, from a fantasy perspective. From a fantasy perspective. All right. Uh, let's go to Oakland. Uh, Amari Cooper, David Carr, Derek Carr rather, says Amari Cooper could be more open this year. He's already getting more open this year is what he's saying. Okay. Like practice and stuff. What does that mean? With nobody defending. Yes, what does that mean? I don't don't know. How could you be more open in shorts? It's a good trope. <laughs> when guys are when guys are on him, I think it's just that he's he knows more now what the article was saying with the quotes from Carr and Michael Crabtree is that yeah. he understands like the space on the field better and how to use it because he was a very natural route runner coming out of college, um, probably the most polished last year. Yeah, and we saw that a lot of times. You saw flashes as an pro. Yeah, yeah, we saw flashes. But they both just are making the comment that now that he has that full year in and he's you know played through sixteen NFL games. He, he just understands everything better and how to can use I, his, his routes and the space on the field and the defense to get more open. Can I play a devil's advocate for a second? Because I, I, I think just about everyone in America believes Amari Cooper is going to have a breakout season this year. Um, are we a little, because of that sentiment, are we too bullish on him in rankings and in drafts? Because where is he going right now? Where do we got him? Who's got the he's, rankings? Up? I think he's floating around in the like wide receiver, anywhere from wide receiver twelve to twenty in our rankings. Okay, so a locked and loaded 
high-end wide receiver two with, and I think just about, again, I, I can't find a person uh, who is saying that Amari Cooper is being overdrafted. So I think the the perception is that he's got serious, serious wide receiver one upside. Yeah, yeah of course um, he does. And he's right now locked and loaded as a safe floor as a wide receiver two. His, his so again, just playing devil's advocate, is he being slightly overdrafted? No. No. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I think, no. I think he might be. Like, his ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator right now is he's the 11th wide receiver off the board. Um, tenth, but what round tenth, is Tenth it? pick of the second round in 12-team drafts. So, late second, third, th- let's like, just say third-ish round. Like, Keenan Allen, Brandon Marshall, Demarius Thomas, Kelvin Benjamin are all behind him. Ooh, see, that's interesting. Right. That's interesting. We right. got some established dudes in there, yeah, right? But I mean, exactly, exactly. You are you are drafting certainly on upside, and the fact that the guy had a thousand yards in yeah. his rookie season. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I mean, even forgetting what Odell Beckham and, and that class did in their rookie yeah. season, that's I, good. I mean, Cooper had a really good rookie year. He did, and I think everybody looks at that Raider offense, the Raider team as a whole, but especially the offense. And sees a group that's getting better. I mean, everybody saw, I think, flashes from Derek Carr, and you saw a little bit from Amari Cooper, and you know Michael Crabtree is going to be consistent. And and even, you know, I know Latavius Murray isn't necessarily a fantasy darling, but I, I think people believe that he's good enough to give enough balance to that offense. But I just think the way that offense is shaping up again – I think I do think Amari Cooper has wide receiver one upside, and I think he's going to be one of those guys you get fairly – uh, early. I mean, he's will be you a pay? Round guy. Will you? Pay? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. You. Would you pay a yeah. late second round price? Late to- second, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Gosh, see, I start hesitating there. Absolutely, I start hesitating late second. Gilhar? Yeah. and uh, well, I was just looking to to at myfantasyleague.com's ADP. Yeah, um, which is a bunch of bunch of sharps and degenerates right now are doing okay. those because <laughs> you can do them all year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I say that, and we all have. I, I, like, I have like five, <laughs> I have five or six of those. Leagues, and I was just so. saying to Harmon last night, I need to get into another one, but uh, he's going with pick. These are twelve team leagues, and he's going with pick twenty one. So back end of that back end of that second round, he's going right after the likes of. Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson, Elshon Jeffrey among wide receivers right before Brandon Cooks, Brandon Marshall, Demarius Thomas, and T.Y. Hilton. See, I, I, I'm i okay with that. I think I think that's a fine, okay that's a, that's that. a fine spot because the upside is there. And yeah. I yeah. think we saw what probably his, his NFL floor might be last year, which is like the 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. I agree with that. That's, I, that's I actually nice. think he's got higher upside he, than Keenan Allen this year. I do. Well. I, 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 yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I just think I think I think we're talking about a way more touchdown potential, yeah. Uh, and I think the yardage could be similar too. I really do. He also he had a foot injury late last year that kind of held him back for a few games. So, true. Like if he didn't have that, I mean, where would he have gone? Yeah, yeah he could have put up more yards. And you guys talked about in the last episode uh, talking about Derek Carr being possibly a top ten maybe fantasy. I think he's a like, fringe top ten if, guy this year. Yeah, and if he's going to improve, yeah, Cooper's got to. It kind of goes hand in hand with Cooper, right? And I think what people like too, right, about 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 Cooper's situation is that you look at the offense and there's it, it's a very clear cut tree, right? It's like Cooper and Crabtree, and not a whole lot else yeah. in terms of the passing down work, right? So like, I think in terms of clarity, I think people feel pretty good about the floor. All right. Um, CJ Spiller, New Orleans, says he, quote, knows he can flourish in the Saints offense. <laughs> Bruh. Well, hey, look, <laughs> look, I will say this. Bruh. 
he has the skill set really to flourish in the Saints offense. Now, whether or not that I, I know how Bruh. you feel about I know how you feel about CJ Spiller. Bruh. I know how you feel. <laughs> but he does have the skill set really to flourish in that offense. I mean, he's got the skills to I I'm, I'm going back and looking at, you know, We should just re-rack what the exact same things I said in 2015. <laughs> and we could just re-rack that right now. I mean, I'm going back. I, like, he has the potential. I won't say to put up because the 2012 season was his breakout. He had, you know, what, 1,700 scrimmage yards. It doesn't count as a breakout if you never had a good year following. But, he, no, the next year he put up 1,100 scrimmage yards. He, had, well, he only had two touchdowns. But I think he has the ability to be another, you know, 1,000-yard-from-scrimmage guy and maybe put up four or five touchdowns. Now – I don't know if you consider that flourishing, but it's certainly better than what he would have given you last year. Way better. Light, <laughs> light years. Light years I mean, better than what he this gave is, you last Let's year. not forget that in the football community and among football cognoscenti, when yeah. C.J. Spiller signed in New Orleans, everybody was like clapping, like, bravo, this is it. perfect fit. I was, I was not. And then he got injured, and that completely fell. And in the article, too, he talks about how his knee injury was what was slowing him down all last year and why they eventually shut him down. So I'm just – I, I just I don't know what his role would be if he is fully healthy because like Mark Ingram took another step as a pass catcher last year, exactly. but he went insane last year from the passing. Game. Maybe yeah, maybe they ma- maybe they don't you know use Mark Ingram like that as much to keep him to keep him healthy, and they try to get Spiller in like ah I'm Spiller. Why do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> look, what what was his overall stats last year? Can somebody look this up? Because here here's the thing, man. Yes. And, and also take away. Remember that that overtime. He had, he had the one big play. One in big overtime. play. Right. So take that out. Okay, that was was against the Cowboys, I believe. I think the, it was against winner. the Cowboys. Um, Game okay, winner. So his his overall numbers. Yes. Uh, 112 rushing yards. Okay. On 36 carries. On 36 carries. Uh, 34 catches. Okay. 239 receiving yards. And you could probably take like and 70 of them away. And a, uh, a grand total of two touchdowns. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, I, okay. I would be willing to take a very late No, you would not. I would. Stop. I would. Stop it, Mark. No, you would not. No, you would not. Like what? You're, what are you saying? Like 15th round? No, you're not. You're yeah, not taking it out right before I take my kicker and or defense. Like I would – I'm not saying I would guarantee you that I would do it, but I would look at it. I would look at it and say there's the potential. Oh, man. Anyone more, is anyone more bullish? Gelhar, you you're gonna drop a you're gonna waste a fourteenth, uh, fifteenth round pick on uh, CJ Spiller. Waste when you could get a kicker. Then <laughs> I would ra- I would rather have a second defense. Wow, that's a yeah. that's a slap. Wow, I mean second defense. Uh, maybe I I would I want to actually see him do something like in training camp yeah. and yeah. you know see some sort of vine come out where they're like oh wow look at <laughs> CJ Spiller and I'm like okay he's back. Oh, the boy. other side of it is: yeah. Has Ingram ever had a fully healthy season? No, he's never. So, like, no, but but he's not the but he's not the between the down b- between the tackles guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like even if that's what I'm saying, like the upside for me is just not even there because I'm saying, look, uh, if Ingram goes down, I don't even think C.J. Spiller becomes the starter. Oh, it's Tim Hightower. It's Tim Hightower oh, all the yeah. way. I mean, first of all, they got like 17 running backs on the roster. I mean, somebody's so going to have. This to speaks to how much. 
James Coe is down on C.J. Spiller because knowing how much he dislikes Mark Ingram. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And True. he still won't give Spiller that's right. any run. True. That's right. That says a lot. That's right. Uh, I d- look. I I think he's going to be involved in the passing passing game. Uh, uh, you know, it, it'd be crazy not to at least utilize him. I think. Yeah. I really honestly believe Daniel Lasco, being the athletic freak he is and having the skill set that he does, will also be utilized uh, on passing down work which would kill C.J. Spiller's value. But having both of those guys together, I think also semi-limits uh, Mark Ingram. And that's a point that I kind of sort of made um, in my fantasy disappointments list, talking about Mark Ingram, who I think Mike Fabiano has 13 overall, and I'm like, there's no chance in hell I would pay uh, a early second-round price to go get Mark Ingram, a guy who's I, – I, has he ever played a complete season? No, I believe we've established this in the podcast numerous times when you yell at Mark Ingram. <laughs> uh, by the way, just a uh, quick yes. piece of breaking news here. Please, Ooh. hit me. Uh, David Hellman from the staff writer for DallasCowboys.com says, Darren McFadden had surgery on the injury he suffered to his elbow two weeks ago. Garrett expects him to be out for, quote, a couple months. Whoa. Oh, so, there you go. Whoa. Lock it in for Zeke Elliott. Hello. Yup. Hello, Zeke. Apparently, he broke his elbow over Memorial Day weekend. Doing what? Who knows? Don't know. Probably Doing Darren McFadden? Probably grilling. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Do I have to rate some, Darren McFadden just to get injured? Heavy lifting there on the grill. <laughs> really? All right. That's okay. very interesting. All right. Good news. Good stuff. Uh, well, I, would, I shouldn't say good, but, no. you know, it's uh, good stuff for Marcus to break that on the podcast. I like it. All right. Uh, remember, NFL.com slash draft kit to get all your uh, draft kit pieces. NFL.com slash fantasy. If you want to do some mock drafts right now, sign up your league, sign up your team. Uh, do all that kind of stuff. All right, let's talk about deep sleepers, uh, 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 a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, well, since it's near and dear to your heart, who on this list do you want me to talk about? Since well, I, the one can, that can I spun can, some yarns on? Yeah, can I say topic? this? We need to graduate Kamari Aiken now. So he's no longer a deep sleeper? Right. Oh, he's, he's just, still there. I is agree. he just a sleeper I think, sleeper? Yeah, he's just a sleeper now. He's got to graduate to sleeper status. No. No? Not Kamar. Yeah, I think so. You're recording I think this, so. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to I do want to say this. I, I feel like we've given uh, DeAndre Washington a lot of burn on this show. But Alex Gilhar, give it to me again. DeAndre Washington, Texas Tech running back, little guy, 5'8". I don't know, like 200 pounds, 205 pounds, uh, drafted by Oakland in the later rounds. Tell me why you believe he is a nice deep sleeper. Well, they need help in the passing game out of the backfield. They threw a ton of targets at Latavius Murray and their fullbacks last year, and none of them were effective at all with those targets. DeAndre Washington is a shifty guy. He's smaller. He's got some speed. And uh, they they like what he offers between the tackles too. So I think he'll at least he'll at least mix in as that pass catching complement. Okay. And maybe he turns into a theoretic type where in PPR leagues he has some value. Or you know, if the running backs start falling apart like they did last year, and you need a you need a flex guy, you can grab him in a game that might be might have a, a pass heavy game script or be a shootout for the Ravens. Okay. Um, and he's also a, he's also a good handcuff. Like Latavius Latavius Murray got a ton of work last year. He oh my Seventy two percent of like all their carries and targets. A ridiculous amount. And despite all that, like he he finishes the RB ten. But you look at his numbers across the board, and you're like, man, he got all that work, and that's all he produced on. So right. there's there's a chance that somebody like Washington comes in and and gets a number of opportunities in this offense and could do something with them. When you guys watched Oakland games, didn't you always just get the feeling that? that Latavius Murray was pacing himself? Yeah, kind of. And when I would watch them and looking back on them, I'm always like, I'm like, how did he get to 1,000 yards? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, especially for a big athletic freak like Latavius Murray. He just never broke one off yeah. uh, like we saw him do uh, in the previous season. I just watched him, and I just kind of felt like he was – Again, just kind of sort of pacing himself. I don't know. Maybe it was the coaching staff saying, hey, man, slow your game down a little bit. Um, or maybe it was just he himself saying, hey, look, I got to shoulder 30 carries a game or whatever it might be. I'm going to have 30 touches this game. I got to save had, myself. He had 307 touches last year. That's, wow. I mean, in, that's an insane workload for a young guy like that. Um, yeah, DeAndre, you know, it's he's an interesting play, at least, uh, as a good handcuff, PPR play. Uh, deep sleep. I love it. I love him as a deep sleeper. Love him as a deep Beautiful. sleeper. Beautiful. Um, Zach Zenner. Zach Zenner. We mentioned him a little bit. The second time he's been mentioned on that. I know. Yes. Yeah. We'll just love it. Like to, to double to double down on what we were talking about before is, and these are deep sleepers. Like I didn't want to go with just like guys that everybody knows or that, yeah. that have been getting a lot of hype. So I was trying to uncover some guys who you could scoop up at the very, very end of your draft that could yep. have some potential. And like we said, with Amir Abdullah coming back from offseason sh- shoulder surgery, we don't know yet how he's going to return, but we've seen in the past some running backs are a little more hesitant or kind of struggle. They don't trust it right away because that shoulders, you know what, they absorb a lot of contact on. Right. And after it just got fixed, they might not be in for it. Zander's a bigger guy. He racked up a ton of yards in college with South Dakota State, over 2,000 yards in three straight years on the ground he piled up. Whoa. So he's he's an athletic guy. Draft Twitter and Metrics Twitter loved him when he came out last year as a UDFA. So he could be that guy. Like, they, they ran the committee, you know, Pretty re- kind of effectively last year, but <laughs> Zenner would be an upgrade over what Joyke Bell did last year. He'd be a faster, stronger, for sure. more athletic version. And like I said, this kind of hinges on Amir's injury, but Zenner could be getting into the mix more and more as as the bigger power back there. Okay, um, and of course, you know I'm going to ask you about your boy Double J, Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis. I was surprised we didn't start there. <laughs> I think that's where we just Yeah, I threw him in again. What, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, everybody saw what what he could be capable of in that NFC divisional round. Like right. he's got size, he's got speed. He mossed Patrick Peterson in the end zone on a game tying hail mary. Yeah, that was impressive. He's still raw. He still needs to get better at running routes. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't like added any fuel to the hype train this offseason because all the beat reporters love asking about Jeff Janis and Rodgers. Is like, yeah, he's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> but if you know, Ty Montgomery still coming off an injury. Devontae Adams was bad last year. Oh. Yeah, if Jeff Janis oh. starts getting mixed in, he could be a great target in best ball leagues like MFL, MFL 10s where you, you, go. you don't need him to produce week after week after week. But when he does potentially have a 140-yard two-touchdown explosion game, right? boom, you got him. There you go. Uh, Marcus Grant, anyone on this list you like? Um, you know, I'm kind of keeping an eye on Jarek McKinnon because I, I liked what I saw from him last year. And one right. of the things I noticed last year with the Vikings is that they used him as a third down back. And we all know who's ahead of him in line there yeah. in the Vikings backfield. And, um, you know, speaking of you know, franchise at the beginning saying he was in the best shape of his life, I've, I've seen that story about Adrian <laughs> Peterson now, too. Um, but I, I just does still a, think... Does AP ever get out of shape? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure no. he came out of the womb just jacked. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, maybe he has a week in the offseason where he doesn't work out and you know, eats, a, <laughs> eats a hamburger or something. Like, I don't know. Like a big family barbecue or something. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Like, I, like, I'm I just going see, ham this weekend. See, the thing is with AP, I could see that dude eating like crap just all but day, just every day. He works so hard. But he just is a freak. Yeah. <laughs> what, I, you know... What what I want to throw in about McKinnon here is I think he's one of a few handcuff backs 
and I was talking about this on Twitter a little bit with Sigmund Bloom and a couple of the people that have like league winning upside as handcuffs if things go poorly to the guy ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Like Jarek McKinnon, Carlos Williams, and I might even throw James James Starks into that mix if like Eddie Lacy were to go down or struggle again. Guys in good offenses that would be able to get up a sizable workload and are talented peop, you know, players in uh in their own right. Like that's that's a good situation. So McKinnon's a guy that I'll I'll probably be scooping yeah. up a lot. And as I as I noted in the piece, uh, which again you can read at NFL.com/slash/draftkit, uh, Peterson kind of wore down over the year because he got such a heavy workload and that offense relied on him so For much. Sure. In the first nine games, he averaged just shy of five yards a carry. But over the last eight, including the playoffs, he averaged just three point six seven yards per carry. Wow! So if they sprinkle really? in, sprinkle in McKinnon a little bit more, Peterson's going to be thirty one. Like you know, even if they just give McKinnon a series here or there yeah, or do more passing down work. He could be like a Giovanni Bernard type role, you know, when he was a rookie and get a decent amount of total yards and a few touchdowns. You yeah. know what I really like about it too is the fact that this is what now his third year in the NFL. Yeah, he's a converted quarterback out of Southern, I believe. Um, his measurables are through the roof. He is a, a spark god, which is a that athletic metric that Nike uses. He was had an insane score on it. He is an athletic monster. Um, and I really, truly, honestly believe going into his third season now, maybe it's his fourth season, but I think it's third, his third. Sure it's third. Um, he's learning the game. He's learning the position. And he's learning behind one of the best running backs of all time. Right. As you mentioned, Gilhar, I, he, this guy could be an absolute game changer uh, should AP sit out a, a game or two or whatever it might be. Um, I, I know, I know. The folks out there who play casually are going to say, well, what about that Matt Asiata guy? No. 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 <laughs> um, and, again, I, I get it. I get it. Look, when AP didn't play, Matt Asiata stepped in, and he had himself a couple of splash games. I get it. McKinnon was the much better player right. in, those, in that that span, though, but uh, Asiata just had the stupid couple of touchdown, touchdown games. Yep, three touchdowns. He had game. two different three-touchdown games. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. McKinnon would look great, move them all the way down there, and yep. be like, all right, kid, get out. Asiata, go fall <laughs> into the end zone. I also found uh, on Vikings.com, Peterson was talking about working on his uh, route, route running abilities this offseason. He wants to get better at that because I think he struggled with that last year. Um, yeah, he's definitely not he, used to it. Right. And he was talking up McKinnon and said, we have we have this young guy, he's a pro athlete, and he does a great job when it comes to, to providing that scat back for us. So, um, you know, Peterson's working on... Um, <laughs> he might be the biggest, strongest scat back in the history of the world. I mean, right, right. He's, Peter- he's huge, I mean, Jarek P- McKinnon. Peterson's working on his receiving game, but I think he recognizes the skill that McKinnon has. It, it kind of leads into an Adrian Peterson discussion, right? Because where's sure. AP going right now? Somewhere in the top five. Yeah, um, yeah. I, a lot of folks feel very confident about AP. Um, you know, you kind of look at the age and the workload. I, I think there are a lot of folks who are a little bit hesitant about AP. For sure. Um, and yet there, then there are those people who are like, you know what, forget it, man. The guy's an absolute terminator. He's a cyborg. I, I'm investing. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I, I mean, I get that logic. Obviously, the dude blew out his knee, came back, yeah, and then yeah, set records, set records, whatever. basically. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally understand that, but there is something that's just nagging with me when I look at him, just saying like, you know, 
I, I mean, I, I, I quote Outkast all the time. Even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. I mean, at some point, <laughs> yeah. at some point, even you know, even Arnold Schwarzenegger and T2 got dipped in a vat of lava, and That's that was right. kind of a wrap. So, I, I you know, look, I, I, I would certainly still spend a first-round pick on Adrian of course. Peterson, yeah. but yeah. Of course. I would make sure that I come around and get McKinnon as a handcuff. There you go. The other thing I think people are worried about is Minnesota's production on offense. Like they're, I think they'll be better this year, no? I mean, they might be, but last year they were not great. Their their passing offense didn't have a ton of volume. Yeah, which, yeah. you know. But Teddy whole. Bridgewater now is going to be in his third year. He finally has a number one wide receiver in Laquan Treadwell. It could it could swing up. Right. All right. Um, Can I give a little shout-out to Tyrod before we move on here? Ty, Ty God Taylor, okay. a, a favorite of the stronghold. Um, we we all loved him last year, and he was a great pick playing DFS a lot because he had he came at such a value. Yeah. However, I think people are discounting how well he actually played last year, especially from a fantasy standpoint. So from weeks one through four, he was the fourth highest scoring quarterback in the entire league in fantasy. Uh, right. And then he got injured. And then when he came back in week nine, from yeah. week nine to 17, he was the ninth highest scoring quarterback in all of fantasy. So you look at that with that small gap removed, even if he played – mediocrely, he would have finished as probably around a QB1 based yeah. on those scores. Oh, no doubt. His his legs and his rushing ability gives him a safe week-to-week floor because I think he had nine games with over 40 rushing yards. And wow. with Sammy Watkins, I mean, hopefully he comes back healthy, taking another step. When those, those two were on fire down the stretch last year, Tyrod could be a guy that you could honestly draft in one of your last rounds and probably get quarterback one production out of him. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think Tyrod Taylor and Eli Manning are those two guys um, that I'm really looking at in, in those double-digit rounds and saying, okay, look, give me one of those guys. Or give me both of those guys, as a matter of fact. I'll take both of them. Um, all right, let's talk about red zone analysis. What does it mean? What did you find out, Alex Gilhan? Uh Well, what I wanted to do was just take a look at what people had done in the red zone recently, if there was any sort of correlation to teams being more efficient in the red zone, converting more of their plays into touchdowns, and – Having a higher scoring, which, I mean, th- there was. It wasn't like a complete, you know, perfect linear correlation, but teams that were more efficient in the red zone did score. But what was interesting was just kind of looking at the divvying up of the touches and which teams were more effective. So one one trend that was uh, not surprising to anybody also was that a good quarterback helps his team be a lot more efficient in the red zone. <laughs> like the Cardinals, what was crazy was you looked at them in 2014 okay. when Carson Palmer was out. Yeah. They only converted 14% of their red zone plays into touchdowns. That wow. number jumped to over 24% last year. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald led the way. He had uh, a lot of targets. But John Brown was the second most targeted guy in the red zone, which was kind of right? surprising. Yeah. Interesting. Over Michael Floyd. Michael yeah. Floyd was more was more of the deep threat for them last year than, than John Brown. Okay. Um, but I like I like both of those guys this year over Larry Fitzgerald. I think a lot of his his early season production was predicated on some of those red zone looks, and I think the other two could start could start stealing some of those. Um, some some teams were super easy to figure out. Uh, yeah. This article right now is on NFL.com/slash/fantasy. You guys can check it out. And I just did NFC yesterday. AFC will be out uh, today, Tuesday. Okay. And then you guys can take a look. But so you know, like Atlanta, surprising no one. Basically, all of their red zone touches went to Julio Jones and Devonta Freeman. Right. Uh, so that was a pretty easy situation to figure out. What was surprising for you? That Detroit actually had the highest touchdown percentage in the red zone among all NFL teams last year. Is that right? And that once Jim Bob Cooter took over from week 8 to 17, they converted a ridiculous 44% of their red zone plays into touchdowns. Whoa. Whoa. That's yeah. insane. Yes. Yeah. 
So they, that was quite surprising. Um, and now the question is, can they – Can they, I mean, remaining that efficient is probably never going to happen. No. Uh, the league average over the last four years was about 20.5% or so. Okay. But uh, they're gonna. They don't have Megatron anymore. So like, who's gonna take up the, that role? Is Eric Ebron gonna take a step? Is Marvin Jones gonna be able to be that guy? I mean, Golden Tate is good. Is good in the red zone because of his short area quickness. But mm-hmm. that'll be that'll be an interesting one to see. Theo Riddick. Yeah, Theo Riddick as well. <laughs> uh, the Rams were a surprisingly effective team, but I think that was just largely because uh, Todd Gurley was there and he got into the end zone. Okay. He got in the end zone on uh, over a third of his red zone carries, so that helped them uh, even it out. And one interesting team too. We kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the the Vikings. Is the okay. the presence of Laquan Treadwell there now? Because Kyle, Kyle Rudolph was their lead red zone threat last year, and he only that's uh, uh, not good. He had ten targets there, and he only turned three of them into. Marcus has an awesome nickname for him. Yeah, I think that nickname's going out the window though. The uh, the red zone reindeer. Uh, <laughs> Rudolph the red red zone reindeer. It just uh, I don't think it applies quite as much anymore. Might be the greatest nickname. In the history of sports, Rudolph the Red wow. Sox reindeer might be. Wow, wow, that's might that's, be. Big that's, that's high praise. It might be. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not a big North Turner guy. Um, you know, never you've, have. You've made that clear. Yes, on this podcast, it makes no no sense. We're still talking about the Dallas Cowboys from the '90s. Makes no sense. The game has changed. Let's let's move on. North Turner's not a good OC. Um, but again, you know, you think about. Uh, just the development of Teddy Bridgewater, Laquan Treadwell, Diggs, uh, AP is there. We talked about Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I don't know. To me, doesn't it seem like they got the pieces on offense to move that ball? Yes, I, I think they do. I, they're not going to be a prolific offense, but I think there will be some fantasy points to be had, and their offense could take a little bit of a step from, from last year. Um, from a fantasy perspective... Um, give me a player that in in your red zone analysis that you said you know what man I, now all of a sudden I'm thinking about who? Uh, well I like Mike. It made me feel even a little better about somebody like Mike Evans too. Uh, last year he had 14 targets. He only turned two of them into touchdowns, which is not great. But that year feels like a, an anomaly for him. He right. converted about half his red zone looks into touchdowns the year before. I think that sounds about right. And he and he and Winston spent time this offseason working on their rapport. You know, rookie quarterback. Evans kind of was injured to start the year, had that's some right. things. So he's a guy that's going to command a lot of looks. Like Vincent Jackson, I think, had 13 in the red zone last year as well and also only converted like two or three of them into touchdowns. So more of those could go Mike Evans' way as he and Winston build up their young quarterback wide receiver rapport. I don't mind it, man. I, I, I think I feel like Mike Evans is kind of the, the forgotten good wide receiver. Yes. Oh, and uh, Jordan Reed, probably surprising nobody, just got absolutely pummeled by Kirk Cousins in the yeah. red zone, and they were super <laughs> effective together. Uh, Kirk Cousins threw 21 passes to Jordan Reed in the red zone, and he turned 10 of them into touchdowns. Over under Jordan Reed, uh, 10 and a half games. Uh, over. 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 Over, over. You guys are so confident. <laughs> but, <laughs> you guys are so confident. But yeah, it's, it was interesting to note too. Like, and this showed up with the Redskins when they got more stable play from Kirk Cousins and the Jaguars, which we'll see in today's piece. Okay. With Blake Bortles, is that their touchdown percentage jumped a bunch, mm. which helped um, help their overall scoring output too. So it's just worth noting when you're looking. And like I said in the in the lead to this article, this is just a small piece of the puzzle. Obviously, course, it shouldn't yeah. be the end all be all. Right. Like, oh well, Jordan Reed got 21 targets in the red zone. So like, thereby tight end number one. <laughs> but it's just when you're looking at guys, you're trying to yeah. figure out like, hey, what what might their scoring potential be? Sure. I, there's a snapshot. I took the the number of plays passing and rushing over the last four years. And but it's like you said. I mean, who would have thought Detroit? 
Detroit, exactly. Right, they yeah, were that's the first thing they I were said, too. Supremely efficient in the red zone. Yeah, so that's great. All right, let's do Daily Depths. Get out of here. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Depths and Hook. Give me Depths, because I'll be squirbling right. Give me dabbing up Depths and Bound Depths. Daily Depth time. Marcus Grant, what you got? Uh, I'm going to dab. Well, first off, I feel like I should almost anti-dab you, James Coe. Why is that? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a couple weeks ago. Oh, I know. I came on this show, and you basically oh, right. handed an NBA title <laughs> to the Golden State Warriors, and I tried to pump the brakes. I tried to be rational about it. Listen, um, dude, Warriors in seven. Calm down. It's fine. I originally predicted them in six, so I'm not. You know, I'm not in panic mode here. But, I think um, I think they're going to drop that game in Game Six just so they can celebrate in front of their home fans. Yeah, I don't I don't really want that. No, um, <laughs> I don't need that kind of stress. But you know, like I feel like you have something to do with why we are That's here right now. <laughs> so you're me. Well, I wasn't the guy that that uh, that went full Draymond was, Green on LeBron's was, private part. But it was your it was your vibe I think that made this happen. So that's an anti dap. But uh, my real my real daily dap. Um, Goes out to Robert Rodriguez and the El Rey Network. Uh, it's a TV network he started a few years ago. Obviously, he's the guy who, uh, movie director, started his career with El Mariachi from Dust Till Dawn, Desperado. Uh, Spy, Spy Kids. Kids. Spy Kids. Yeah, can't forget Spy that. Spy Kids. Um, <laughs> the Spy Kids tr- what, trilogy, I think it is? I, I already know. They made a lot of those. Um, very successful. Like Very successful. But uh, he's also started a TV network, the El Rey Network, which okay. I think you have, you know, some people have on cable. I actually have Sling TV. and um, I have. You got there. Hipster TV. I do have Hipster TV. But I love it because it's all the cheesy TV shows and movies that I, I love. I mean, they'll have whole days dedicated to Kung Fu. There's been a lot of Bruce Lee this month. Um, I think they're doing for 4th of How July. How are you watching basketball? Are you going to the bars or something? Uh, well, I mean, ABC is available freely on on Sling TV. Uh, over well, like, the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> James, the main network over the air. I, I'm not copying. What is this <laughs> over the air? Thing? <laughs> get the old rabbit ears, man. Um, <laughs> watch the big three. But uh, yeah, so like a lot of Bruce Lee this month. I think the Fourth of July they're doing a uh, a Godzilla marathon. But then they also have like old TV shows like Knight Rider and Miami Vice and uh, Airwolf. I haven't seen Airwolf. Oh my in gosh, years. Airwolf. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. Had the, the helicopter with the great, <laughs> great. theme song. Um, wow. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've kind of fallen in love with El Rey Network. So, like, if I'm not watching anything sports-related, chances are that's kind of what I'm watching right now. So, you're such uh, an old man. I am, right? You're such an old you, You're watching reruns of Airwolf? Hey, man, it's great. Especially <laughs> oh, when you're that's sitting there. ultimate hipster television. Right, He's when you're watching sitting there. The cable and watching hipster shows. Right? I'm sitting there folding laundry. Oh, my watching God. Airwolf. Yeah, man. Um, like, and Michael Vincent. Kicking ass. You know, it's it's funny. Like, I've been to a couple of hipster parties, and, like, that's what it is. It's So it's like, you know, you'll go, and, and people got copper mugs full of whatever. Um, and, and playing in the background are, like, these old shows, like Airwolf. And mm-hmm. you're like, and there's no sound because, you know, they still have to play EDM music. <laughs> but um, there's no sound. You're hearing the EDM music, but you're like, is that? Wait, is that that is that's Airwolf? Yep, that's what it's like at Marcus Grant's house. <laughs> yep, pretty much minus the EDM. Minus the EDM. Uh, are there at least copper mugs? Uh, you know what? I used to have copper mugs. Okay. I, I don't anymore. Mason, you you've graduated to mason jars. That was almost okay. Almost. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Matt Harmon's not here, so <laughs> I know that uh, that was a little bit confusing there. That's okay. Um, franchise. All right, hit uh, me with the daily dap. I'm gonna. I got two today. My first one, yeah, buddy. I grew up playing hockey, and I can't ignore that the Penguins won the Stanley Cup the other night. Oh, I'm not, that's right. Not a Penguins fan. I'm just a hockey Wait, fan. What? 
I'm a Rangers fan. I'm from New York, but I am a hockey fan. And the, I'm confused because NHL, you're, a, you're a Steelers guy. Right. Correct. So this that, is because, then, of, because, of Cordell, because of Cordell Stewart. Right. Ah. He, he, he loved Slash <laughs> back in the day. Right, okay. right. Okay. 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 Anyway, I'm giving daps to the Penguins for winning the Cup. I actually got to touch the Stanley Cup when I was like 10 years old when the Devils won in 95. So it's I have pretty a cool. picture pretty with me and my dad. Yeah, it's pretty cup. cool. So daps to the Penguins. Um, my other daps is to the Red Hot Chili Peppers who have a new album coming out at the end of this week. Holy cow, uh, do they really? Is there, yeah, it's their first album since 2011. It's called The Getaway, and, and it's produced by Danger Mouse. Which makes me really wow. interesting. Who is an awesome very, producer. Very He's done some uh, amazing stuff. So who's, who's, who's on the axe for him now? Because Frusciani's gone, right? Yeah, some. it's the same guy that was on the last album. I'm just not sure of his name. Okay. He's like one of Frusciante's boys. Got it. Uh, Josh Klinghoffer. Josh Klinghoffer. All right. Yes. Check that out. Yes. And so um, do you have a good story for us yet? Or do we have to wait until next week's pod? Uh, you're going to have to wait. Okay. I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story. Please. It's not really a story. It's just like something I discovered. Will you stop? So, listen, I started <laughs> following Antonio Brown on Snapchat okay. during the offseason. Okay. And he was in L.A. a lot for because he was on Dancing with the Stars, as yeah, you guys was. may be aware. Absolutely. So he was always working out, at I think, at uh, on the UCLA campus. Uh, don't tell me a tighter you. That was kind of <laughs> no, 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 no. And I'm, always, I'm like watching his Snapchats, watching him work out. I'm like, I got to go stalk this guy. But okay. He's a great follow on Snapchat, and I've discovered like following celebrities on Snapchat. I'm an old guy, you know. Snapchat's for the kids. Right? <laughs> so, so this is something I discovered, and I'm getting more pumped. And I'm, I, my man crush is only growing larger for Andrew for AB. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I just, love this guy. I just got on Snapchat. Um, I think two days ago. I just started my account, and it's mostly because, first of all, I'm the worst follow on Instagram. You can follow me if you want, James Deco. <laughs> but I only post pictures of my kid. I don't think it helps anybody in the fantasy community. Although when the season starts, I'll I'll post my DFS lineups and and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, I started uh, my Snapchat because my kid. I I didn't realize they had all these goofy uh, filters on there. Yeah, yeah. And my kid freaking loves it. Yeah. Those it, are fun. It, it, Absolutely. It's only like a week or two ago that I learned how to use some of those filters. I don't even know. I still don't know how to use you Snapchat. To like, so I'm still kind yeah. of, you know, you could find me on oh, there. This James is the, this is the old men don't know how to use like Snapchat. Like we said, <laughs> it's an app for the kids. Yeah, I don't even do, know how to use filters. There's a Snapchat, learning curve so. here, all right? Bro, I don't even know how to post on Snapchat yet. So I, I'm still figuring that out. Um, for some reason, I thought Snapchat was for for sexting. <laughs> I I found out that, that was that's incorrect. That is incorrect. I mean... You know, I'm sure some people probably do. Use that's it. probably true. That's probably <laughs> that's probably true. But that is not what the majority of us use it for. Uh, I will give a daily dap out to the UCI grads who graduated this past weekend. Um, um, a friend of mine, my wife's cousin, graduated from the business school there. Uh, UC Irvine. UC Irvine went to that graduation yesterday. It was go Anteaters. Go Anteaters. Zot, zot, zot. So there you go. I also give a daily dap out to uh, my boy here, uh, Franchito. The franchise, his beard has come back stronger than ever. Yes, stronger than best, best ever. Sh- best shape of my life. Oh my god, <laughs> his beard game is out of control. Which means Harmon, thank you. Matt Harmon's gonna have to step it up when he returns. Oh, right? dude, thank uh, you. Are you working in the beard oil? Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Well, of course. I am. All right. There you go. Uh, Alex Gellhart, WizKid from Wisconsin. What's up? All right, got a couple dApps as well. Uh, first one will be going to. Um, Chris Wesseling for throwing a banger of a barbecue he this had, weekend. Uh, a nice huh? little shindig. Marcus Great. and I were there. Um, lots of beers were drank. We lots of cornhole was played. 
uh, semi-anti-adept Dan Hansis for he and I went six and one in cornhole, and then he formed a super team with Chris Wesseling, and <laughs> nobody else I could pull into my team was able to take them down with me. So uh, we had a good run, but I, I felt I felt semi-betrayed. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like you and I were actually playing okay, but then. Uh, Wes went on one of his Steph Curry-like runs where yeah. he was dropping everything in the bucket, and <laughs> there was no coming back from that. So I tried with Marcus. I, I tried with Ali, Ali Bunpuri. Uh, no, no, nothing could take it down. But thanks to Wes for for hosting a nice nice barbecue with some That's delicious great. ribs. And That's then uh, Daily Daps too. I've I've done uh, this video game a few times before, but uh, Dota Two is one of the like top esports games right now. And there was a major tournament this past weekend in Manila in the Philippines, and uh, OG, the team, uh, became the first team to win two of the major events in Dota 2, so daily adapts to them, and uh, it's kind of cool because in uh, in that eSport, like, a lot of people are swap teams all the times, and there's lots of shuffling, but these guys have been together for over a year now, and they're kind of an upstart, and they've got some momentum heading into the big one this August, so it'll be kind of fun to watch and see how they do, so... Daily depths to them and to like Twitch and the production value on these like esport things. I'm just kind of curious to watch it too. Is getting it's insane. growing insane. Yeah, it's getting really good. Like it's it's incredible. Yeah, like it's the, really the stuff the stuff they're doing now, even just from a broadcast like technical viewing sure. standpoint, is, is they've insane. got a long way to go. But they have they have they're growing leaps and bounds. This this last tournament was was really cool. They took some big steps. But yeah, it's it's been fun to watch. Who so puts on Dota too. Uh, uh, Valve made the game. The same people that made like Half Life and stuff. Oh okay. Um, and it was a it was a Warcraft uh, spinoff kind of thing that some people made. All right, cool. But yeah, that should do it. All right, there you go. That's our show. Uh, NFL.com slash DraftKit. Be sure to check it out. For the WizKit from Wisconsin, MG, my guy Marcus Grant, and the franchise, Matt Francis. Welcome back. I'm James Coe. We're out. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. 
Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.